We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? The time has come for the multi-part massive season preview. Yes, we're here. The season is starting in just under a week and a half. So getting ready for that. Obviously, we have the bigs preview done. We have the guards done. We have the wings done now for the big shebang. And also just a quick note. We did create a Brooklyn Buzz Instagram page. Make sure you go follow that. You can find it in the description. Brooklyn Buzz Pod. Going to be doing a giveaway on there in the next couple of days. So make sure you follow that ASAP. But as always, make sure you follow the buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, I guess for the preview, let's start with the top storyline. So hit me with a hit me with a few. Not all of them. I've got five. Do you want me okay. to go through all five, Nick? You want me to go through two or three? But where do you want me to go with it? Go with uh, two or three. I got like 15, so. <laughs> I've, got, I've got five to sort of like the, the sort of main ones yeah. that even people that have just joined the, the Brooklyn Buzz Brigade would know and sort of go, yep, those are the top storylines. So we can rank them as well, or we, yeah. just, or we could go like with our top three, but these are my top five with in no particular order. Ben Simmons. I just yeah. literally wrote Ben Simmons. <laughs> Uh, I also read Kevin Rand's status and commitment, Kyrie Irving's contract and availability, Steve Nash under the hot seat, and chemistry and combustibility. Those are my five. Yeah, I pretty much have them mixed in throughout. I did the top storyline is health, you know, and I kind of broke it down. Obviously, Ben's back, Kyrie's ankle and knee, you know, injuries he's had in the past. Katie's lower body is kind of always a question. He's dealt with, you know, the knee last year, even though that was kind of like, an accident on the floor, but a hamstring the year before, a knee bruise the year before, Joe Harris's ankle, in which we're still dealing with right now, Seth Curry coming off his ankle injury, TJ Warren's mystery with his foot, and then Clax randomly getting injured throughout the season and dealing with different illnesses. And then Markeith Morris is also coming off a neck injury. So that's, you know, a large chunk of the Nets' top 10 players, you know, dealing with some type of injury or some type of precaution going to the year where there's a little bit of underlying worry, you know, who's going to miss how many games, you know, I think ideally no one would ever get hurt, but I think realistically you expect all of these guys to probably miss some level of time. The question is just how much time is that and how much is it going to influence the Nets win and loss losses? 
Yeah, I think the the main thing is the nature of such injuries, and I think with Ben Simmons, with guys coming like you know KB KD coming off you know his big Achilles injury, you know it's going to be what we see from them at an early point. Like there might be you know some some sore muscles here or there. You don't want a a prolonged you know calf injury or you know that back tightness to come back. You don't want Joe Harris all those sort of little things here and there. So I think it's it's just going to be the nature of those injuries, Nick. And you know the the Nets obviously being going to be incredibly cautious with how they handle the team overall. So hopefully they do. Yeah, I mean it's obviously could drastically impact the season how that goes. Um, the next storyline I had for this team is: is it too late to put it all together? You know, is it too late? Has too much drama already happened? You know, obviously the whole ordeal with Kevin's trade request over the summer, Kyrie and all the drama of last season, Ben's question marks. Can this team build enough unity and chemistry in this short amount of time to be successful for this NBA season? Yeah, will it be better late than never or will it be never? (laughs) I think that that's going to be the question. So hopefully it is better late than never. Yeah, or be, or it could just get to a point one one quote unquote incident happens and the Nets are ready to blow it up. I mean, look at over the course of the last couple of months with the the remarks we've heard from Joe Sy. So just something else to keep an eye on. I think uh, another storyline. This is probably more of a positive one. Is will Sean Marks make one more splash with this team? Will he add that you know next level starting player, fringe All Star, or even just a potential closing piece for this team? Will he pull the trigger on a move like that, knowing? how you know irrational this team can be at times you know it could go one end or another will he pull that trigger for a big trade if needed yeah mid-season trades are always really sort of difficult in how they impact a team you know a lot of the moves and chemistry is built at the starting points of the season you know you 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 get your legs under you you sort of get the feel for the nba schedule again the back-to-backs you know the the four and five nights those sort of things so it'll be intriguing to see because there are names available and there are teams that are going to be wanting to tank big time for yep. the likes of Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson. And that could positively affect, you know, a team like the Nets. You know, I think it'll it'll positively positively affect a team like the Lakers, probably more so because they've got some expiring contracts with Russell Westbrook and that sort of thing. But the Nets could, you know, get in the the Miles Turner sweepstakes. It could be maybe Orlando doesn't go as well as they hope to. Maybe there's a Charlotte there's somewhere with PJ Washington or Gordon Hayward or whoever else it might be. So it'll be intriguing to see how the Nets place themselves in those discussions. Yeah, I think another storyline is, you know, who is capable of stepping up for this team? You know, who can take a jump in their play and be better than what we saw from them the previous season or fill a role better than they might have the year before? You know, is that a Nick Claxton as a starting center? Is that Cam Thomas as, you know, a lead guard off the bench? Is that Dayron Sharp proving he can be, you know, a backup center in this league? I think that's a major question mark and storyline to follow is, you know, who's capable of stepping up this season? I think it's Royce O'Neal. Well, you know, just yeah. to sort of give my own sort of answer to it, and I've suddenly turned into a Royce O'Neal stand from being a Royce O'Neal skeptic, but <laughs> what he's shown in this preseason and you know the question marks that you listed around health with so many players, yeah. Nick, Royce doesn't have that. He just didn't yeah. play well last season for the Utah Jazz. He had his moments here and there. And check out the the guard sort of preview and the wing sort of preview for us sort of diving deep into some of his misgivings last season. But I, I'm expecting a big bounce back from him. And when we get into the starters talk and, you know, I might, I might have swayed a little bit further towards Royce O'Neal, but that's a discussion we will have very, very soon. Yeah, and I think the next three I have kind of overlap with uh, the the ones that you brought up, Jack. You know, the mystery of Kyrie Irving, you know, 
there's always just a question mark. And obviously we love Kyrie and what he can do on the floor, but he's been extremely sporadic off the court for whatever reason it might be. And obviously the happiness of Kevin Durant, you know, are the Nets able to keep him happy in a place where he doesn't request another trade? And is Ben Simmons able to meet expectations, you know, and get back to playing at all-star level, you know, maybe not even being better than we've ever seen, just be as good as we saw in Philadelphia. Will he do that? No, that's a, a big question and something that will remains to be seen. You know, we've, we've discussed some of his form in the preseason and we'll discuss it again, you know, after the Milwaukee Bucks game. So we'll we'll see how it does pan out for old Ben 10. But any final storylines, Nick, before, you know, we go into a, two, a more. Few of the, two more go. Two. Uh, Nash's ability to lead this group. You know, can the coaching staff coach at a high enough level improve throughout the year that they can counter some things that they will see in the playoffs. And obviously they weren't able to do that last year. Some of that was roster related, but the pressure is definitely on because the roster is better. It's more equipped to deal with a variety of different things. And then also, you know, will this team be physical enough consistently? You know, that's been an issue for them over the course of a couple of years is the physicality dies down. They talked about it after the loss of the heat. They just don't match the physicality or energy of other teams consistently. And I think that's the habit of a championship team and that's something we want to see over the cross over the course of the season. You know, can they get to that level? Yeah, it's a sort of hard work beats talent sort of yeah. quote that well, I know it's probably a bit more deep than that. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but are the Nets willing to work hard enough? Are they willing to do what Kevin Durant said, you know, when he was on the sidelines before Kenny Atkinson got fired? You know, do the little things in the championship habits. All the things are being said the right now, but it's a lot easier to say them, you know, heading into a, a season of possibility. But when things start, when shit starts to hit the fan, when it's likely to happen in Brooklyn and the adversity hits and, you know, you're going off a, a three, four game losing streak, how do you respond? How does this team respond to adversity? And, you know, I'm looking at to everyone within the organization when it comes to that. Sean Mark, Steve Nash, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, all the guys and everyone in between. Yeah, it's kind of like, is the vibe going to be good enough all year? Or is it going to just have this toxic cloud over the over them the entire year that kind of holds them back? But moving on from storylines, which we'll touch out touch on throughout the year, and there'll probably be a lot more than we didn't discuss, just because, like you said, Jack, it is the Nets. But talking about uh, re-signings and new additions, obviously Patty Mills was brought back, Nick Claxton was brought back, David Duke Jr. was brought back on a two-way contract. And new additions, we have TJ Warren, Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Utah Watanabe, and Markeith Morris. Yeah, I think all those guys, Nick, would check out the the positional previews. We dive deep into them individually. Who do you think, I guess, just to put a, a bit of a pin on it, is the biggest addition re-signing? Is it Clax, probably? Yeah, it's probably Clax, just because there's nothing else really at that position. Daron Sharp is so unproven. Markeith Morris is not a true center, so it's really on Clax to kind of become that guy this season. And then, you know, your guy, Royce O'Neal. You know, I'm calling him your guy now just because of the extra hype. But he seems like a guy that's going to have a great impact on the team. Also seems like he has really good vibes. Seems like he's very well liked by a lot of players on the team, and that's always good. It just kind of helps the morale to have people like that around. It does, but it also helps like if they're good at basketball. And Royce has shown yeah. that he's pretty good at basketball, and I'm expecting a bit of a bounce-back season for him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In terms of the losses, Nick, in terms of the subtractions, there's Andre Drummond's went to the Bulls, Bruce Brown went to Denver, Goran Dragic is in Chicago as well, and then Blake Griffin is with the Boston Celtics, and if you want to count Marcus Zagorowski, you can, but out of and LaMarcus those, Aldridge probably and LaMarcus looks like Aldridge is potentially probably retiring. Gonna yeah, that's a, yeah that, that's a good point as well. In terms of those guys, no, in fact, we, Andre Drummond shot a couple of threes for the Bulls, and now <laughs> everyone's starting to be like, you know, why did the Nets let him go? I want to ask you about sort of like the Bruce Brown versus Pat. Will the Nets feel any semblance of loss for Bruce Brown? And I think a lot of people will say no because of Royce O'Neal's addition. And I agree with that in part. But because of Patty's lackluster form this preseason, do you think that hypothetically, I know you've said plenty about, you know, he wasn't uh, amazingly liked in the locker room. He was a bit of an, an an individual personality, and you know his skill set over lines with Ben Simmons, and as well as you know Bruce O'Neill to an extent. But just having a better player in the rotation, like a Bruce Brown, you know, a, a guy that can play some defense, do a little bit of ball handling and such. Do you think his his absence could be missed in some form or fashion? Yeah, I think if you just look at it from the perspective of you lost a good player for nothing. That's always a negative. And not to say that Bruce was going to be a great fit, but even if you retain him, he comes off the bench, doesn't play well, and you move his contract to the deadline. You know, I think that makes sense. And he's, you know, you could have re-signed Patty Mills and still re-signed Bruce Brown. You know, it just would have meant maybe not signing uh, Utah, who's on a non-guarantee, or maybe not signing Edmund Sumner. You know, it could be one of those those things. So I think losing Bruce, the Nets probably won't feel too terrible about it, but you could definitely argue it was a negative because they didn't gain any value by losing him. And he proved to be at the very least a rotation player in the playoffs. It's just his overall fit was tough to see with this scheme, given there's already major question marks about Ben and Clax on the floor. And Bruce is, I would say is probably less talented than both of those guys, even though Clax hasn't really developed his skills. He's just a freak athlete for the, his mobility at his size. Yeah, I think talent is is fine, but I think Bruce is a better player than Nick Claxton yeah. in a vacuum, which is hard to compare. In a vacuum, but then it also gets to fit and rolls on a team, and Clax's role I mean, on Clax doesn't feel well with Simmons, to be fair, either. Like, you can make an argument that Bruce, just because, you know, he's done some small ball five things in the James Harden sort of days, he could be a bit, 
hypothetically, there's no really point in discussing it, but we got a podcast to just talk about random Nets basketball things, so we might as well. That Bruce could be could have been a better fit alongside Ben Simmons than Nick Claxton, given just his ability to play make. I think Bruce Brown's a better screener. I think he's a, you know, a comparable rebounder. I think he's a better playmaker. He's a better shooter. I think he's a better offensive player. So there's a lot of skills that Bruce Brown does better than Nick Claxton. But I agree, especially with how weak the Nets are in the front court at the center position, it, it, the, the priorities were laid. But I just think that the priority of Paddy over Bruce, whether that was even a discussion, guys are making similar contracts this season and Bruce Brown is going to be so much better. No, it's just like, and, and this is coming from a guy who loves Paddy Mills, maybe more than any other athlete that has ever stepped foot in Australia and was ever born in Australia. <laughs> but looking at uh, objectively speaking, Paddy Mills, skill set beyond his leadership and good vibes and, and, and morale and, and veteran savvy, you know, might not even be, you know, utilized to, to the best capacity. Yeah, and again, I don't think it was really one or the other in that situation. I think the Nets could have easily signed both. Both And getting back to the Claxton thing, I just think a wing or guard that's a really good defender but can't necessarily shoot is more replaceable than a switchable big. You know, I think Claxton's skill set is more unique and more valuable in this current NBA. Obviously, with Ben, it's less valuable because of what he can do. But I think if you want to find a guard or a wing that can defend you know, and come off the bench or something like that. DeAndre Bembry, you know, provided similar things. And Bruce, yeah, he really improved at the end of last year and had some moments. But you saw how that was such a downfall in the team when you're depending on Bruce Brown to be your third or fourth best player. I think his role will be a lot better in Denver. And I, I don't discount that, but it's, yeah, I think the Bruce Brown discussion can can end and can end <laughs> for going forward. You know, this is season preview, recap sort of stuff. So, you know, we won't be speaking about Bruce Brown uh, very much, Nick. But let's get to the starters. And I was alluding to it a little bit earlier. Nick, we know it's going to be Kyrie, jo- uh, Kyrie, no, no, I won't say the stat second name, Kyrie, KD, Ben and Clax. Is that fifth name Royce O'Neal, or is it Joe Harris still recovering from the ankle injury? We saw, I think, a, an article from Brian Lewis of the New York Post sort of saying that you know Royce O'Neal is poised to, to take that fifth sort of starting spot. And he started in, in the last preseason game against the Miami Heat. Is it Joe? Is it Royce, Nick? Have you, have you swayed in any form or fashion? Yeah, I think Joe's ankle isn't giving us much confidence that he'll be full go for the start of the season, even if he is active and ready. There's still going to be a question about, you know, his mobility, his minute count and whatever it might look like. And I remember Joe talking about, I think it was a podcast over the summer, how he was more nervous about the ankle impacting his defensive mobility rather than his ability to shoot. And I think that's that's a a huge factor. So I would not be surprised if Royce is the opening night starter and maybe Joe takes that position back later in the year if Royce isn't up to standards or Joe just gets back to the level in which we've seen him play in the past. Because I think if Joe Harris is playing, you know, up to his full capability in the regular season, he's probably a more impactful player than Royce O'Neal just because of the gravity he'll provide a a non-spacing lineup like Ben and Clax out there. So, but as of right now, I feel more confident in Royce O'Neal just given his health and how he's looked in the preseason. So Royce is the guy against the Pelicans on opening night? I think so. And honestly, for that matchup, it probably makes more sense, too, because the Nets need a little bit more grittiness and toughness against some really good offensive players and a powerful player in Zion. Yeah, Royce is good at guarding up a position. You you could throw him on CJ a little bit. You could probably throw him on Brandon Ingram a little bit as well. I think that he'd be pretty, pretty useful in that. Whereas, you know, Joe, like you alluded to, they're coming off the ankle injury. 
you know, maybe all our concerns are alleviated and this is null and void and we have to, in our part two, sort of uh, rescind some of the conversation we had. He has a big game against the Milwaukee Bucks in, in another preseason matchup, but that remains to be seen. And we've also got, you know, the other game happening over the weekend too. So um, in terms of just general rotation, Shadow Nick, obviously go check out the, the lineups episode. You know, we did a heap of rotation talk there. What did you want to touch on? Yeah, I think just looking, we could kind of discuss the rotation, the ideal rotation, and then the rotation we kind of expect on opening night. I think the ideal rotation is Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, and then Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal, then Kevin Durant, TJ Warren, and then Ben, and not necessarily anybody behind Ben, because I think the trio of Katie, TJ, and Ben should take up all of those minutes if all are healthy, and then Claxon Morris in that last spot. I think that'd be your ideal nine if you're fully healthy and everyone's able, playing up to their capability. If we, obviously we not, we're not going to see that. So on opening night, Nick, who are the nine going to be? Yeah, I think since it's opening night and there's more question marks, I think we probably will hit 10 and we'll have Kyrie and Patty, Joe and Cam, Katie and Royce, Ben and Kess, Clax and Morris. And I have Katie and Royce there just based off of like a minute count type of thing, not really positionally where we're at, but just kind of giving you an idea. Those would be the 10 I would see. And Kessler Edwards would probably be, you know, maybe get a run in like the second quarter and he's bad. He'll just not play the rest of the game. And maybe Edmund Sumner's in there instead of Cam Thomas. But I just initially lead with Cam just because we've seen him in the past and play with this unit before. But it would not surprise me if Sumner jumps him and Cam's the one not in the rotation. We've seen some great handshakes developing as well between Kevin Durant and Cam Thomas and Kyrie Irving as well. Which I, I want to say and bring that point up, Jack. I think it actually matters that it does Katie, why that Katie loves Cam. And we talked about this partnership thing over the summer and Katie coming back and Borderroom having their logo and Katie having an influence on this team. And I think Katie is going to influence for Cam Thomas to play minutes because he likes him and he likes his game and what he does in the basketball court, not just because of the personality. So I would not be surprised if that helps bump cam into a line of action. You didn't mention Seth Curry there, Nick. Now, if Seth is in, in that 10 or did you, I'm like, I don't, no, I, didn't. Did. I don't, I didn't think he was going to be active. We've yet to see him in preseason and we've yet to be confirmed that he's 100% healthy and it's currently October 10th. And obviously, the regular season starts in nine days. So there's, there's definitely a major question about will Seth Curry be ready? If he is, slot him right in there, and he's definitely going to be getting minutes. And that's going to obviously impact Cam and Patty, who would probably still see minutes in that game because if Seth is back for opening night, I would expect a very low minute count, you know, a minute restriction for him, maybe even something like 16. Uh, yeah, and you, you alluded to Kessler Edwards as well. Maybe the Nets go a bit guard heavy, but against the Pelicans team, you'll probably want to have a it, bit it more could, size. It could be Watanabe, honestly. Yeah, but I mean, guessing because of the amount of depth on this team, because of uh, uh, so many you know, in, question marks surrounding the the health status, the availability. You know, there's it, it's it's just anyone's guess. And you know, if if you guys got better thoughts, feel free to hit us up and sort of give us your your opening night ten man rotation. We might throw that one onto the timeline to to promote this uh, season preview episode. That could be a good one. But yeah, it's it's anyone's guess. But the the fact that there is a, a it, does Aaron Sharp Nick get get any sort of chance? Maybe he goes up against Jonas Valanciunas and Larry Nance he, or something he like could. that. I think against Valanciunas, if Clax is really struggling, you have to think about bringing Sharp in. I think the guys for opening night that I feel confident are going to be in the rotation are. Kyrie, Joe, Royce, Katie, Ben, Clax, Patty Mills, 
and Markeith Moore seems like he will play. Even if we end up seeing him a minute or two at the four or something like that, I think Cam is, you know, battling with Edmund Sumner for those minutes and potentially Seth Curry if he's healthy. And then Kessler is battling with Utah. So that's kind of the thing. And, you know, maybe Markeith is battling with Dayron Sharp to an extent. But unless Dayron really proves in the next two games, I think Markeith Morris has a pretty good hold on that backup center position. I, w- I would agree with that. But then against a team that has incredible rebounding, incredible size, incredible physicality with Zion back, yeah. I'm intrigued to see how they counter that. If they counter that, which is all out offense, you know, good offense beats good, beats good defense. And, and then let's have a lot of good offense on this team. It's just going to be, you know, how much can they bridge that gap between the lack of size that they have at, in the front court, the lack of physicality that they do have. And I don't think physicality is the number one thing. Look, you know, the Boston Celtics and you know, the Golden State Warriors aren't, you know, the you know, Boston's the, pretty physical. I, I wouldn't undersell them for their physicality. Even even though they're not the biggest team, they definitely like grind you. Ask Kevin Durant about the first round. No, I, I don't. That's it. Might not. I, I think in Golden terms State, of, though, I agree with. I think Golden State is less physical, but they hold their own. But they also attack you so finessely in a way that just like tires you out. Like chasing Steph around an entire game is a task on its own. Yeah, is it? I think the, the Nets are closer to being a Golden State Warriors sort of type because they are a team that has much more skill and talent. And they're going to yeah. sort of be like, you know, rather than an early Haaland, they're going to be Lionel Messi. I'll, yeah. I'll throw in some different sports out there in case anyone is listening that is a, a follower of football slash soccer. Um, I don't like to call it soccer, but, you know, football is a football. <laughs> so people for you. get what they're saying, yeah. People uh, understand, yeah, what I'm going with. But, Nick, um, I got before, one more thing on that, Jack. Uh, just yeah, for yeah. opening night. I would not, because I doubt we're going to probably have time to do an opening night preview, but who knows? We might. Um, I think you'll see potentially a, a very long, lanky lineup, kind of similar to what we saw starting against um, the Miami Heat in that game. You know, there'll be some lineups where Steve Nash, I think, goes maybe with three or four wings and maybe just one center, or maybe it's, you know, five wings on the floor or something like that. And that's kind of their counter where they don't have that necessarily huge physical force to deal with Zion, but they can impact him with a lot of length. And again, this is basketball. Physicality is great, but being tall and lanky and athletic is a huge factor. And the Nets can really put out some great bodies in terms of those categories. Yeah, it's going to be a point of difference for them. So yeah. I, I think that that allows them to to do some different things. You know, it's not going to be one size fits all against a team like the Pelicans. Yeah, for sure. I guess, Jack, before we get out of here, touching on some surprise players you have for this upcoming season. I, it's hard to come down to just one guy, but I think you already hinted at somebody who's going to surprise Nets fans this year. Yeah, I had four. Like in terms oh, okay. of T- I had TJ Warren, Yuta Watsonabe. But then I had, for like general followers, like Ben and Kyrie could come out and surprise guys and go, oh, by the way, I'm this good. Because yeah. we got 35 games of it last year. We didn't see any of it from Ben Simmons. So I think two of our three superstars could go out there and surprise some people as well. But those are the four names that I listed, Nick. Yeah, I had um, Seth Curry or TJ Warren. Either one of those guys I think is really going to pop off as a six-man. TJ obviously is depending on his health. But if he comes back healthy, that's just going to be a huge surprise and a reminder of, hey, this is a guy that can just get a bucket off the bench. And Seth could be in a similar role where this is a very comfortable role for him in terms of being a six man and having shots created for him from Ben Simmons or playing off a a Kyrie or a KD in a non-starting situation going against a backup players after having, you know, a year or two of starting between the Nets and Philadelphia. And then, you know, I'm surprised you didn't mention Royce O'Neal, who I think is going to have a career year. I th- really do. I just feel like 
there's just a good vibe for him, a nice switch up from Utah, joining a more offensive-minded team. Should got, get a lot of you know three points generated for him. Uh, ben, I didn't have a surprise because I think if he meets expectations, I won't be super surprised. I'm just kind of what I'm expecting. But I think the Kyrie point is really good because he was playing at a super high level at the end of last year's regular season. And if he's able to do that, you know, relatively consistently throughout this season, it's going to, you know, push him up the totem pole of NBA stardom, you know, going from maybe a top 20 player to getting back to closer to top 15, top 10, if he can maintain that consistently. And, you know, especially with the efficiency in which he was playing with at the end of last year. So really interested to see what Kyrie does and if he can maintain that health and kind of raise his level of stardom. Yeah, the reason I didn't have Royce is just because I think that Royce is going to be good and it's not going to surprise yeah, yeah. me. But I do agree with what you're saying in terms of a bounce back sort of career year for him. And at least offensively, I think, you know, defensively, he's aging and his his days might his best days might be behind him. But I think he'll bounce back considering some of the I think his the job will be a little easier year. here, though, too. You know, Ben is going to take a lot of the premier wings and that's going to put him on more of the secondary guys or maybe just not having to do it consistently through the game where you're looking in when he was on the Utah Jazz you know he's playing alongside Mike Conley Donovan Mitchell you know Joe Ingles when he was healthy and he obviously he was more towards you know the end of his prime the last couple seasons and then obviously Rudy Gobert but he's just a rim protector he's not going to get out and defend on the perimeter so Really interested to see how those guys do. And obviously, we have part two coming up. We'll jump into team awards, strengths, weaknesses, predictions for the season and for the playoffs. But, uh, Jack, anything else before we get out of here? Nah, mate. Looking forward to getting into part two and then jumping into the recap of the rest of the preseason games as well. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure, Jack. Big thanks to everyone for listening. And make sure you check out the Brooklyn Buzz on Instagram. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.